0: Today on the show, I'm speaking with Julian Kalmar, and this is by far the most amazing and interesting interview I have ever done, so stay tuned. Hi, I'm Natalie Ledwell, and this is The Inspiration Show. Now, a month or so ago, I had a special interview with Julian Kalmar. And I promised a second interview with him because his journey from catastrophic injury to discovering how spirituality connects to the universe directly affects all of us who are seeking to better our lives through the law of attraction. Now, I have to tell you that this show is unlike any show that I've done before. It actually goes for 50 minutes, but the information in it is so compelling and life-changing that after wrestling with whether I should condense it or split it into two shows, I decided to keep it as it is. You know, it's took human beings a long time to recognize the law of attraction and other universal laws. And we're just at the beginning of using these laws to better our lives. Now, the question that Julian asks is, if what if if you could speak to the universe directly and have it tell you the specific path to take to reach a deeply rewarding and fulfilling life? Well, today, Julian is presenting his own remarkable answer to that question. This is definitely one of my most fascinating and inspiring interviews because you'll learn about a truly unique process for discovering and pursuing your passions and life purpose and then take those to the next logical step to lead to the most meaningful life that you've never imagined. And that's one that's in perfect alignment with your soul. So with that being said, welcome back, Julian.
1: Hi, Natalie. Thank you for having me again. Hello, everyone.
0: Now, Julian, I've got to tell you that what we're about to discuss today absolutely fascinates me. Partly because of the way that you discovered your deep form of spiritual connection and partly because it answers so many questions that we've had since childhood about why we're here and what we're meant to be learning and what we're meant to be doing. Now, last time you shared with us how your journey through spine injury transformed you from being a very highly analytical physicist to a woman fuzzy spiritual guy doing the good work of the universe and how because of this your work got endorsed by people like Jack Canfield from The Secret. Um, and Deepak Chopra, and uh, Archbishop Desmond Tutu, and even Mahatma Gandhi's grandson, Arun Gandhi. So today, we're going to talk about your work over the last 18 months, which actually takes the law of attraction to a whole new level. Because rather than chasing after things that we think will make us happy, kind of like kids in a toy store, you're getting people to deeply connect to their soul to discover what they will find most fulfilling according to the core of who they are. Now, I've been dying to share this with everyone because what you're doing has the capacity to restore our beautiful planet as we deeply impact our own lives by learning how to use your method that you teach. Now, you started this journey 11 years ago as a completely different person than who you are today. Now, you've studied physics, you've worked in technical and analytical fields in your life, including NASA. And you prided yourself on your analytical viewpoint so much that you poo-pooed any kind of spirituality that, and, and things that people believed in that couldn't be scientifically proven. But today you're guiding people to awaken spiritually and what you're doing is definitely not like religion or spirituality as usual. So you're teaching people how to achieve a life in harmony with their soul and their very reason for being here. So what on earth happened to you? You know, how are you doing this and where did you get these profound teachings from?
1: Natalie, it's what you said a moment ago that may be the best place to start explaining what happened. I know everyone watching has felt that they are here for a very important reason or purpose. We've known this in our hearts since we were small children, but we can't exactly put our finger on what it is we're meant to be doing in the world. We just know that we're somehow special and unique. We're not sure how to proceed to find out, or what to do about it. We just know there is something out there for us. What is it we're meant to be doing? Many of us have had beautiful visions of what the world could be like, and we've had ideas for how we would go about creating that world. And especially as kids, we might have expressed those visions to adults and other children. But upon hearing us express these visions, Others may have called us naive or idealistic, and they may have even made fun of us for expressing how we saw the world as it could be, and revealing these sacred inner parts of ourselves out loud. We've gotten hurt by their responses, and so we've learned to keep part of ourselves hidden. In fact, we've become very guarded about revealing our true selves because of the cruelty we've experienced. And we've learned that if we want others to like us and to love us and not reject us, we should try to appear somewhat more normal and fashionable in our beliefs and not to express our innermost visions. The result is that most of us lead plain, ordinary, boring lives, and we've found ourselves to be cut off and very lonely in some ways because we can't express the true joy of our soul. We're afraid to be who we are, afraid to dream, afraid to imagine. And so we have deep hidden longings to express the special gift of beauty we would only give the world if we could. We find ourselves unhappy, depressed, unfulfilled, and we don't know why. The why is simple, really. We've cut ourselves off from the fulfillment we would find by expressing and creating the beautiful visions that come to us because they've been labeled idealistic, naive, pie-in-the-sky fantasies, and so forth. In the process of protecting ourselves, we've plugged up the pathway through which the natural joy of our souls sing out with infinite creativity and love. We've lost our way. We no longer remember why we incarnated and what we were meant to be doing here. And it's all because When we were first criticized, we didn't have the social, emotional, and mental skills to be okay in the face of others' criticisms, others' mocking, and others' laughter. So today, we keep up the pattern of building walls and of hiding. Now, we find ourselves trapped halfway between being fully alive, expressing ourselves as we truly are deep down, and being completely dead by disconnecting completely from the voices of our souls. We are at best half alive, half aware of the deeper part of ourselves, but living in ways that seem normal to the outer world. We choose to not stand out as being different. The penalty for seeming normal on the outside is extreme and severe, and we naturally find ourselves in many kinds of pain because of it. We try to be normal, but we are most definitely different than the rest. We are unique, we are special, we have gifts to share, and we have a beautiful vision to express in the world. We've just lost our way. But part of us still remembers and dearly wants to be free to live our true lives of abundance, brilliance, inspiration, and to express the life of pure joy we got glimpses of in our childhood before we learned to hide away. So, We come to places like your site, Natalie, for inspiration and hope and the tantalizing possibility that we really can become free, where we can fully express who we are and live with much greater awareness of our true purpose and nature. We're excited to be free, but we're still afraid of getting hurt. I'm here to tell everyone that your life of hiding the beauty of your sacred inner self is about to come to an end. Because the irresistible path I'm going to lay out for you today will give you the greatest freedom you've ever experienced, the greatest sense of aliveness, and the greatest love and joy. Before I do, though, I want to bring one other piece of this puzzle of living in earthly form into the mix. We've all had deeply spiritual moments. These were high moments of realization, of connection, of understanding of Awakenment, and we may have even felt very much loved and completely accepted for exactly who we are. There was nothing to prove, no standards to meet to be accepted. For many of us, we felt these high feelings as a result of participating in conventional religion. For others of us, we've had spiritual experiences independently. Such as going way out into nature, to a very quiet, peaceful place, and suddenly we found ourselves filled with awe and deeply connected to the place, to nature, and to the universe and all there is in it. These connection experiences that exist outside the realm of our daily experiencing of the world are very powerful and deeply personal. They give us a special understanding that there is something greater to this life of ours, another dimension beyond what we see on the surface. There's more, and it's not measurable by scientific instruments. It's really there, and it's undeniable. You feel it. Now, we don't necessarily know what lies beyond, but whether you're religious or not, you know exactly what I'm talking about. These connection experiences are real, and they change us. They change our perception of the world we live in, and they often provide us great hope and a kind of spiritual excitation. For those who have felt great love and great acceptance during these experiences, these are life-changing experiences that exceed the bounds of religion for many of us. They are the experience of direct connection, and many of us refer to these direct connection experiences as the experiencing of God or communing with God. Natalie, my unbelievably radical transformation from Mr. Hard Analytical Physicist to Mr. Warm and Fuzzy Spiritual Guy became possible because of a direct connection experience. It shattered everything I thought I knew about the physical world and how it works, and it radically altered my experience of the life I was living. After seven years of having these direct connection experiences, Ten months ago, I started teaching people how to have their own direct connection experiences, and every single person I've shared this knowledge with now uses this method of obtaining higher guidance to first reveal the great big important thing they were meant to be doing in this life lifetime, and then pursuing it. This form of deeply spiritual direct connection to the universe is a radical departure from most religions, yet remains completely compatible with them. It's not religion. It's not dogma. There are no holy books, no doctrines. There's just you and the universe. Nothing stands between you and higher guidance. And the wisdom, insight, and inspiration and love you encounter will blow your mind. After years of studying and thinking about physics, I had no clue that any of this existed. And from where I stood at that time, there's no way I would have believed any of it. It took a serious spine injury for me to awaken to the fact that that there's a much bigger universe out there and a much bigger life out there than the surface life most of us are concerned with, and the surface ideas we have of abundance, deep fulfillment, and meaning. We have no clue of the possible lives we could be living if we only knew how to access the power of our spiritual heritage.
0: So, Julian, I know what you're about to reveal, but before you do, can you give everyone the same background information you gave me about how you discovered this hidden doorway to this extraordinary life that you're living.
1: Well, Natalie, as we discussed in part one of this interview, I suffered that severe spine injury that landed me literally in bed for three years and put me through five spine surgeries. I shared much of what happened to me on the outside. What I didn't reveal was what was happening on the inside. You see, for that entire three-year period lying in bed, I was unable to sit. I could only keep my body in a straight line, either lying down or standing up, and I really couldn't stand for any length of time. Of course, real life went on without me. Debt was piling up with no relief in sight, but for some reason, and I still cannot explain why, I possessed a great certainty that my condition was simply temporary. Spine surgery number five looked like it finally would get me back on my feet, but then things began going downhill very quickly. You know, when you're in that kind of state of being truly humbled by your outer physical condition, you start paying attention to the little things that have been going on in your life. I'm sure you've heard that if someone loses their eyesight, for example, other senses become sharpened. They can hear better than the average person. They use their sense of smell and touch like never before, and their sense of taste can expand greatly, too. Well, so it was for me. I began recognizing the subtle and not-so-subtle things going on in my life, and in a way, I started hearing and seeing with greater clarity than ever before, and not just with my physical eyes and ears. Gradually, I started paying more and more attention to those things that were really keeping me alive. You see, in the practical world, we all know that money and job and food keep us alive. We know that, and because of it, we seek abundance. But if we focus purely on creating physical abundance, we lose ourselves to the process. Before my injury, I was completely lost to this process of creating abundance. I was making a very nice six-figure income from my work in software development, but I was constantly under deadline pressure that put me under extraordinary stress. And this is typical. These are the typical symptoms of someone who devotes themselves to manufacturing money in a way that is out of harmony with one's soul. True, it produced and supported the outer lifestyle I wanted for myself and my beloved Joni. But this way of living polluted my soul, and this inner pollution radiated outwards from me. I appeared as someone who was harsh and frequently insensitive, and there was no question that the feelings of others were a secondary consideration to my money-making lifestyle. My work was analytical, and I became analytical to the point that I regularly failed to understand how others felt, and gave little kindness or compassion. In a discussion or disagreement, my analysis, my viewpoint, was absolutely right, and others were absolutely wrong. I was a success in my own mind, but a poor example of a human being. On the other hand, over the years, I had had my moments of becoming very quiet on the inside and recognizing deeper spirituality. but these moments were just so far and and few between. And so it became time one day for the universe to alter my perspective with a severe spine injury that would humble me and start to make me aware of another side of life that I had previously barely acknowledged. So I lay there, flat on my back, staring at the ceiling, and slowly awareness started to dawn on me. I became deeply grateful, for example, that I could stand up and go to the bathroom by myself and take a shower every few days. The biggest blessing of my life was that, in spite of myself, I was in an incredibly loving relationship with my dear Joni, who showed me love, compassion, and kindness as I'd never known it from another soul, a devotion that transformed me a little at a time over many years. Joni just lit up the room when she'd come in with a big smile to help my lying down self in any way she could. So, in this way, I was the luckiest man who ever lived, and she was helping me become more aware. Her constant efforts at loving me were about to open an invisible door that I didn't know existed, I didn't see coming, and it would completely undo my analytical persona and my view of life and the universe. You see, after spine surgery number five, I did improve for a time. It looked like I finally was on my way back to my old life. But then, in what seemed like a cruel twist of fate, things got really bad. I'd have excruciating stabbing pains in my feet and legs, numbness, partial paralysis, muscles were moving of their own accord, and I had bladder and bowel problems to boot. I was in serious, serious trouble. As you can imagine, Natalie, I was really tired of the situation by then. In fact, I was near the end of my rope. I wasn't suicidal or anything like that, but boy, I needed help. And by that point, I'd take help from any source. I mean any source that presented itself. I was ready to be out of this mess. I'm not sure if you've ever experienced or been in a place of feeling like there is little to look forward to except more pain, But if you have, you understand where I was at that point. I felt like any hope of my life being restored was rapidly draining away.
0: Okay, so you were about to get the surprise of your life from a door that opened from an unexpected direction. So, what happened?
1: Yes, Natalie, I was at the lowest point in this adventure and my world was about to disintegrate and then be rebuilt in a way I could not even conceive of at the time. My dear Joni had for the longest time wanted to study Reiki, which is a spiritual healing practice from Japan, and she'd taken the first two courses. Now, she's a very good natural healer, but she wanted to get her master level Reiki training with a well-known Reiki teacher uh, who was doing a, a training session in Oregon. So, in spite of the obvious financial concerns we were having, I said, go. She'd be gone for a week, and with some arranged help, I was holding my ground at that point. She loved the training and the experience with the teacher and was very excited when she came back. It was after she got back, though, that my spine condition got even worse. There's no way really to express in words how bad things were. All I can tell you is that I was so tired of the pain, just so tired. Joni asked me, Did I want a healing? Oh boy. <laughs> At that moment, more than anything else in the world, she wanted to help me, and at that point, I so dearly wanted to be healed. So with all her natural healing ability, all her love, and her newfound Reiki training, she began working on me as I lay face down on the bed. Instantly, I felt as if my lungs were on fire on the inside, so I jokingly asked her, does that thing come with an air conditioner? (laughs) Humor till the bitter end, right? Clearly, though, something was happening as she began her healing work, and she worked on me from head to toe. My intense desire to be out of this mess and her most loving and sincere desire to have me back in one piece merged into an intense love that I've never felt before. I felt more loved in that moment than anything I'd ever experienced in my life. And that's when it happened. I said to her, I see someone. In my mind's eye, I saw the figure of someone approaching me. Instantly, without missing a beat, she said, ask them their name. I did, mentally. And I didn't get the name right the first time, so it was spelled out for me. Joni then asked question after question, and I answered back with the information I was given right there in the most loving and infinite now moment. This went on for some time, and then Joni closed off the healing session. Afterwards, she got pencil and paper and wrote down what came through me as best as we could remember it. I had no idea what just happened. I had no mental place on which to put it. Joni is the healer, the intuitive, the connected one to things I just never believed in, never understood, and never experienced. And yet something had just happened to me, through me, and Mr. Analytical Physicist had nothing in previous experience to make sense of it. So this experience just sat out there all alone by itself, hanging in space with no mental pegs or shelves on which to place it. That we would go through this a couple more times with Joni acting as our scribe, so to speak, recording everything in handwritten notes, formalized a process for us, but I still had no clue. What the heck was this? Why was it happening to me instead of my dear intuitive Joni? who always had a tendency towards such communications. What on earth did it all mean? Was it real? These questions just kept circulating in my head until one day, about three or four months into this, I was in the shower, and I thought, gee, I wonder if this is what psychics do when they channel. So I consulted the master of all such things and posed the question to Joni. And she said, yes, this is what they do. So I was channeling. Whoa. <laughs> I guess I was. Okay, well, that at least gave me a name for it and a crude mental hook on which to place these communications, but could this really be communication, or was it just my mind? I would have this question every single time we had these sessions, and let me tell you, there is no way a physicist is going to believe this stuff, not without some kind of proof you know if you do a physics experiment it should be repeatable reliable predictable the scientific method etc etc so this is how this most amazing adventure all began for us.
0: Okay so Juline, you've been doing this for eight years now when did you finally become convinced that this was real?
1: Natalie even though we were connecting like this every week I always doubted the validity of it it was simply impossible but it kept happening I kept thinking it was my creative imagination, and it was just so unfathomable that this was happening through me. I didn't believe in this stuff. I had no reason to believe in it. But then Joni asked a question one day, and I'll never forget this. After about a year of weekly communication sessions, Joni asked me one lunchtime if I'd like to hear her read back one of the sessions. Of course, I was always there in the room when they happened, so I knew what they said. But she seemed to want to read one back to me, and so I said, sure. We were sitting on the sofa, and she began reading. I sat there in utter disbelief of what I was hearing. I was totally and completely shocked. You know, if I go to write something, I have to think about it, organize the material, write it, edit, rewrite. It's just a long, grueling process for me. But here was something dictated to me and through me in the infinite now moment perfectly. It was fully edited text that was given out of my mouth without revision, without thought, without planning, nothing from me. And then there was what was said. This wasn't smart or clever. This was wisdom I'd never thought about or heard before. Something was happening through me, but it clearly was not from me. You know, I have a pretty good vocabulary, but there have been many things, many times, when words were used that we had to go and look up in the dictionary afterwards to see if they were used in the right context and if they were the right words and whether they made sense, and they always did. Private moments and long-forgotten things done by people who have long since passed were described through my mouth about people I'd never known, and they all turned out to be true. So in that moment, sitting there, listening to Joni read back this communication, my entire view of the world crumbled and was about to be rebuilt. I thought I knew a lot about the way things worked in the physical universe, but there I sat with my jaw on the floor, realizing I knew nothing, nothing at all. And I was completely humbled by what I heard and by reflecting on the great source of love I had unwittingly tapped into. I felt like I was the tiniest cog of a giant spiritual machine, and I'd been given a rare privileged glimpse of something far greater than the world of physical reality ever offered to me through the study of physics. The whole thing was impossible, except that somehow, through means I knew nothing about, it wasn't.
0: (laughs) So wait a second. So you've been having these sessions with Joni for about a year, but this was the first time that you'd ever heard what came through?
1: Yes, Natalie, it was. I I thought I remembered what came through, but I'd never heard any of the sessions read back. During these sessions, I was always focusing on maintaining the connection and waiting for the next words to come through. Most people probably believe that when this type of communication takes place, you're in a trance of some kind where you're not really present or that something takes over your body. That's not it at all. The reason you tend not to remember is not that you're not really there, but rather that you're super there. You're so much present in the now moment, so fully focused on maintaining a connection and waiting for the next words to arrive and not losing contact, that once a word comes through you say it out loud and it's gone for you because you're in the now moment. And, of course, you understand that the communication is necessarily slowed down to allow Joni enough time to write what is given. So, I was often not aware of complete sentences, just a word at a time, with no idea where the sentences and paragraphs were going. Afterwards, I remembered some things, but I was completely floored by the wisdom I heard, perfectly written using a style that was different than my own, and using words I didn't even know. Read back all at once, at a normal reading pace, it just boggled my mind. We've now got thousands of handwritten pages of this communication filled with wisdom and humor and insight and inspiration and always love. It always comes from a place of pure love.
0: Okay, Julian, so you told me recently almost no one knew about these communication sessions and no one knew what they contained. So 18 months ago, something changed. Tell us more about that.
1: Well, Natalie, about 18 months ago, my partner in 10 Million Clicks for Peace, Rick Benito, suggested something. You see, Rick and I have been working together for about seven years now doing humanitarian work, and he's known about the deeply spiritual nature of these communications, so he suggested creating a spiritual mastery program called Modern Day Mastery based on the teachings and wisdom we had received. Now, Joni and I have known for some time that these communications would eventually come out, but we've been very private about them, and few people even knew they exist. The problem was that we'd not received any indication from higher guidance about when and how to release these teachings, so I was deeply concerned and very reluctant. Joni and I were clear that we would not release any of this until we got permission. What I didn't know when Rick and I started building 10 Million Clicks for Peace to help war refugees and sponsor peace education, was that this early work of ours was part of something much, much bigger. Over the years, however, it became apparent just how much bigger the overall plan was for creating goodness in the world. So, with a much clearer vision of what this work was intended to do in the world, and with specific guidance from higher up about the creation of the program, Joni and I were given permission to reveal part of the teachings and wisdom we'd received. I began writing various parts of a training program intended to help people take on their full roles in this lifetime, people who've been awakening to their own important missions in the world, and this is where it gets really fun. To everyone who has felt for a long time that you've had something important to share with the world, or were on a great mission in this lifetime, I want you to know that this feeling you've had is very, very real. There is a reason and purpose behind this feeling in your life. It's something you were born born with, and there's a special legacy you were meant to leave here on earth before you depart. You've felt it, you've heard the calling, and you may have longed for years for some way to explore and express this, but you haven't had a clear grasp on how to go about that. Or maybe you have felt calls to do a higher work, but still without clarity on what it was. I assure you that if my words have been speaking directly to your soul today, know in your heart of hearts that this interview with Natalie is no accident in your life. It was intended for your ears in this moment, and what we're about to discuss is central to the reason you incarnated. I want you to fully awaken to the mission that's been calling you all your life, because When you express what you were born to do, a brilliant new future will appear before you that will make you wonder about how on earth you ever could have been so asleep for so many years to your true life.
0: Great. Okay, Julian, so can you talk more about this? Because so many of us have searched for a long time to discover our passion and our purpose in life, but sometimes the passion discovery process doesn't really work. We end up assuming things that sounded good, but we're still not where we meant to be. So why is it so hard to connect with our deeper mission?
1: Natalie, unfortunately you're right. Many of us have tried repeatedly to find out what we're passionate about and connect that with what we should be doing in our lives, to live in greater harmony with who we really are and what we're here to do. As many of us have experienced, however, the discovery process is anything but easy. Very often, we get it wrong, and we waste years of our lives going down wrong paths, all the while thinking we're on the right path. What we need to do, or what we need to get, is a better passion discovery process. Let me tell you how I see many of us going through life. We make plans for what we think we're passionate about, and then take actions accordingly. For a while, we're happier as we pursue what we're interested in, But then it starts getting old, or hard, or uninspiring, and we drift for a while, and we're not so sure anymore if we're on the right track. We're not inspired, and from this state, we go again on another passion hunt, looking for a way to escape from what we've created for ourselves. The passion discovery process then begins again, and we go through another cycle. The problem with what I've just described is that we're always running away from something, and that makes a lot of things look much more attractive than where we are right now and what we've got. It's the grass is always greener syndrome. While we're going through this passion exploration process, we have it in our heads that we're actually running towards something. But the reality is that it's pain that's driving us forwards, pain that we're looking to put far behind us let me tell you, escaping from something to get away from pain is not the energy you want permeating your passion search. And if you examine your past, you can probably see many cycles of doing exactly this. I know I can. And many people live their entire lives this way, cycle after cycle. In the end, they often settle for a life that is less than what they want never finding fulfillment and never really discovering what they were meant to express in or the mission that they were born to deliver. What we need is a much better passion discovery process and I'll tell you right up front that you cannot begin with a mental or even a heart-centered inquiry if you want to get this right. You see there's a lot working against you if you begin your search in this way. For one thing there are some fundamental prerequisites to beginning a passion search. If those things are not in place, your vision of your situation will be clouded and you're going to make poor decisions throughout the process. For another thing, in most cases a heart-centered process is necessary but it's not sufficient to get you where you need to go. Here's why. A heart-centered process can only guide you up to a point because the information you're using during the exploration is coming from you and your limited life experience. What's wrong with that? Well, The answer is plenty. You came to Earth with a sense of mission because you really do have one. By definition, though, a mission is something given to you by a higher source. If you're going to understand your mission, you need to first reconnect to that higher source. And I'm not necessarily talking about God here. If you're religious, God is the natural first choice. But if you're not religious, what do you do? The answer is surprisingly simple, and it works for both. You've got to connect with what has been called that still small voice. That's the voice you hear in your head in very quiet spiritual moments. Everyone has these, and from them we've gotten insights, understanding, inspiration, ideas, even healings. And if you're lucky, you've experienced a deep form of acceptance and love, like the one I had during my first connection experience.
0: Yes, I'm on the same page as you with that. But even though we've all had connection experiences, they don't seem to happen enough. So how can you begin a passion search when that still small voice is so elusive and it might not even talk to you?
1: Excellent point, Natalie. You're absolutely right. Just because you up and decide one day that it's time to do your passion search, that doesn't mean that the still small voice is going to show up on cue and speak to you. There's no way to force it to speak to you because it's not coming from you. What you can learn to do, however, is to set up the preconditions under which you can hear it so that you become more aware and receptive when it does come. And by doing this, you can hear it almost every day and even several times a day. The reason it's so hard for most of us to connect like this is that it's really hard for us to get spiritually quiet enough to hear. You see, the the signals we're attempting to hear from the greater and wiser universe are extremely faint. It's like trying to hear a whisper from across the room at a noisy party. The only way to hear it is to turn off the music and have everyone stop talking. You've got to reduce the noise in your head, in your body, and in your life before you can hear these faint signals. In today's world, one of the biggest challenges you're up against is the continual barrage of electronic communications that contains marketing messages, fear-based messages from the news that capture your mind, text messages and other forms of smartphone chatter, Email, social media, television, radio, voicemail, movies, multimedia devices, the tabloids, gossip. And if you don't keep up, you'll be overrun by them in about two hours. In fact, electronic gadgets own so much of your time and are so important to daily life that you've come to believe that no one can live without them. In reality, all this noise has taken away your peace of mind. You're more stressed than ever. You're always rushing. There's never enough time to do anything. You're in, a constant, you're in constant motion, scrambling to keep up while making almost no forwards progress. Your free time is almost non-existent. And your real life, your true life, is rapidly melting away as you age faster than ever. But all this external noise says nothing of the constant noise in your own head. And that's only partly caused by the repeated echoes of all the electronic chatter bouncing back and forth between your ears. Based on this, it's not surprising that modern man is more disconnected than ever from higher guidance. We are simply not peaceful enough to connect. But after all that, even if we do connect, our communication experiences may only come at random moments and rarely give us the kind of regular insight and guidance we need to pursue the deeper and more meaningful life we want. If we attempt to pursue our passion and life purpose discovery under these conditions while trying to escape from what we don't like, without the benefit of higher guidance, we're practically doomed to fail, and we've seen repeated failures, cycles of failures, in our attempts. The cost to us has been staggering because we've wasted years of our lives going down paths that we thought were exactly what we were looking for, and they turned out not to be. We found ourselves unfulfilled, searching for meaning, feeling terribly, terribly alone and isolated, while supposedly being more connected to each other than ever before, and we're still searching. The process we teach for discovering your passion and purpose at Modern Day Mastery reflects the reality of what I've just said, so we don't begin with a mental or heart-based inquiry. Before we ever ask you to work on your passion and purpose, We teach you how to connect to higher guidance, how to regularly hear that still small voice. But before we can do this, we teach you how to get quiet, really, really quiet on the inside. What we teach is very comprehensive, but by the time you're done, you'll be amazed at your ability to connect. What I share is the exact process I use to connect. Nothing is hidden, nothing left out. I give you everything you need to connect, everything I've learned, and everything I know about how to connect. Natalie, the most gratifying experience for me has been seeing that every single student who's been taught this method is using it successfully regularly to connect with higher guidance.
0: Wow, that is an incredible success rate.
1: It truly is, Natalie. In fact, it blows my mind. You know, to be honest, I had no idea what would happen when we exposed students to this method. I guess this is a self-proving example of why we need to be using higher guidance, especially when we're doing critical exploration that will determine how we direct so many years of our future. I'm not sure if I told you this before, Natalie, but the whole of the Modern Day Mastery program was actually channeled through me, but it's not from me. That's what I attribute this incredible success rate to. But let's go back to passion and purpose. If the only things we had to rely on when exploring our passion and purpose were our experience and knowledge from this one earthly lifetime, and if we tried to put that into a mind or heart-based inquiry by itself, we'd be at an extreme disadvantage. Instead, by taking the time to learn to become really, really quiet and then connecting with higher guidance... We can literally save years of our lives by avoiding many wrong paths and much struggle. With higher guidance contributing wisdom, inspiration, and insight in very loving expressions that are said in ways that we will uniquely hear and understand, we begin to reconnect with our true selves, as many of us haven't done since we were small children. We return to a place of childlike innocence and clarity, and from this place, we dare once again ask the most simple and beautiful questions about why we can't make the world according to the beautiful visions we see. We come from a place of absolute freedom to see possibilities, to create with unlimited imagination and joy and intelligence and insight and wisdom, and express boldly and vividly what we envision without fear. And you well know that the most beautiful words ever spoken and the most beautiful visions ever imagined come from the uncensored spirits of children. You've heard it said that a small child shall lead them. It turns out that the small child that shall lead us is ourselves reconnected to higher guidance.
0: Julian, thank you so much for saying that. That is beautiful and very heartwarming.
1: Thank you, Natalie. That's why I'm on this mission. So, let's say you find your passion and life purpose according to this higher method. Is that the end of it? (laughs) Hardly. You see, once you've discovered your life purpose, there's still the big question of what to do. If you go through a regular passion and purpose discovery process, you're left to use your own brain to figure out things and plan accordingly. But that's not the process provided by the teachings of modern-day mastery. It's not enough to have your life purpose in hand. That's like a cake half-baked. Passion and life purpose naturally lead to the next question, the one you've been trying to discover all your life. What is that big important thing you're meant to do? What is your life mission? You see, your life purpose and your life mission are two totally different things. Let's say that my purpose is to make people happy. Does that mean my life mission is to make people laugh by changing my career to being a comedian? Does it mean my life mission is to go to remote villages to dig wells and install water filtration systems to provide them clean drinking water to make them happy? Does it mean I'm meant to go around the world founding happiness clubs that teach others the skills for creating happiness in their own lives? My purpose to help make people happy tells me absolutely nothing about what my life mission is. So, if you stop your discovery process after just passion and purpose, you're still not connected to what you're meant to do. And if you use a regular discovery process, you simply may not be successful. So, what we do at Modern Day Mastery is to take you through a discovery process that helps you uncover your life mission by tapping into higher guidance at every step along the way, just as you did when you were discovering your passion and purpose. That's a huge difference because... Now you're tapping into insight and wisdom that you'd never touch upon if you just drew from your own life experience only. With your life mission in hand, you're now at a beginning place of what we call your conscious mastery journey, operating in full alignment with your soul's reason for incarnating. You finally have the answer to the question of, What great big important thing is it that you were meant to be learning and doing? Is that the end of it, though? (laughs) No, of course not. The whole point of developing your skill at connecting is to be able to tap into higher guidance so that you know day after day, week after week, what you're meant to do to pursue your life mission. You need that higher perspective to gain the insights to take you on the next steps of your journey, to avoid Unseen obstacles to gain wisdom in the face of the inevitable challenges you'll face in delivering your mission. What I guarantee is that your ability to tap into higher guidance will produce answers, insights, understanding, and wisdom that will blow your mind regularly. Joni and I have thousands of pages that attest to this. But in saying all this, I don't want you to think that modern-day mastery is about discovering your passion, purpose, and life mission because there is so much more. For one thing, mastery is an infinite journey. For another, permeating all of what we do as budding masters, or masters in training as we call ourselves, is the study of love and how best to express love in the world. We are constantly learning about how to express love in higher and broader ways. We learn about a lot of things. In fact, we learn about the sacred act of creation and methods for inspiring creation out of the universe. We talk about mastery over space, mastery over time, energy, and also about mastery over lack. You see, abundance takes on a whole new dimension as you focus your efforts to be of highest service to the world. And through this beautiful process, you discover the greatest fulfillment and meaning you will ever find in your life. You see, the search for abundance isn't really the search for abundance as most people conceive it. That's kind of like a kid in a toy store. The search for abundance is a search for deeper meaning, and that's a direct byproduct of learning and practicing mastery.
0: Yep, I love this. You know what? And you're so right about the law of abundance being a path to the deeper meaning when we go far beyond the surface. Now, you've been using the word mastery a lot, so what's your definition of mastery?
1: Yes, let me give you the working definition we use because it can be defined in so many ways. Mastery is the awakened control of one's heart, mind, thoughts, feelings, and spirit to accomplish a particular task or mission as part of a greater service. Let me repeat that for you. Mastery is the awakened control of one's heart, mind, thoughts, feelings, and spirit to accomplish a particular task or mission as part of a greater service. There's a lot to this definition, and you already know that the direct connection experience to higher guidance plays a central role. I can also say that the extraordinary life we're looking for, the one filled with abundance and meaning and deep fulfillment and love, comes from the collection of practices we call mastery. It's all there in this one place. What we do as Masters in Training is to focus our efforts towards pursuing the life missions we incarnated with. These are the missions that are in perfect alignment with the harmony of our souls. Life missions are expressions of love, and when they're expressed, they appear to others as some form of beauty, be it kindness, compassion, understanding, acceptance, or actual works of visible beauty, such as restoring the natural world. It is the beauty aspect that causes others in their busy lives to stop and pay attention. And in that moment that they are touched, they are inspired upwards. It is from this place that they can begin seeking out more, just as we did when we initially began the search for our own passions. This is the cycle of Conscious Mastery expressed. It folds around on itself and draws more and more people towards their own journey of Conscious Mastery, the journey of love.
0: Well, This shares many characteristics of all true religions.
1: That's true, Natalie, but as I mentioned earlier, we're not a church or religion. In fact, we specifically do not want you to follow us. Students of mastery become leaders in their own right. We want you to learn to connect in the privacy of your own home, uninfluenced by anyone or anything, reconnect with the mission you incarnated with, and go express it. That is the kind of leadership this world desperately needs and is sorely lacking. You can as readily practice mastery if you're a Presbyterian, Hindu, Catholic, or Muslim. Mastery is religion neutral. There are no gurus, no leaders, no intermediaries, no earthly guides, no holy books, no doctrines. It's just you and the universe, the most direct connection possible. The whole point of modern-day mastery is to get you connected to that still small voice so nothing stands between you and the ultimate source. You receive and experience love directly. You awaken to the fact that you're not alone because of the connection you've established to the greater universe. In fact, you've never been alone, and it's not even possible to be alone. You may have felt alone, but that's before you knew how to connect. You're completely accepted for who you are. You see yourself in a new light, which causes you to accept yourself as you are a learning, growing, awakening master in training. When you connect... It doesn't matter whether you consider yourself connecting to God or to masters who have dedicated themselves to helping others up the mountains of love and wisdom. So in this work, I am not a guru, and I play no role in your awakening to your passion, purpose, and mission. My part in this is simply to facilitate your learning of a sufficient body of understanding that came through to me, excuse me, came through me, so that you can connect for yourself and chart your own conscious mastery path with higher guidance for the rest of your infinite journey. You choose your path based on the private guidance you receive through direct connection. That, to me, is the most exciting adventure there is on the path of love, and from it you will find the deep meaning you've been searching for. In some ways, once you're off and running, even passion, purpose, and mission all disappear, and you are left as a free spirit, to create according to the highest levels of love you can perceive, in perfect alignment with the brilliant, learning spirit you are.
0: Julian, thank you so much for being here and for opening this new door for everyone. Now, is there more that you'd like to share about modern-day mastery, or how do we find out more about it?
1: Yes, Natalie, this program is extensive and intended for anyone who has been searching for next steps. If you've listened to this whole interview and are excited by what's expressed, this is My Mastery speaking to your heart and soul. Pay attention because genuine soul moments don't come along very often. The program is nine months with 52 classes, but it's been designed to be easy on your schedule, usually just one to two hours per week. Uh, Natalie, we've created a special webpage just for everyone from The Inspiration Show and Mind Movies with a significant discount. The page is 10mc.org slash mission. That's 10 mc.org slash mission. Natalie, I also want to say thank you to you, and I bow in spirit to you for who you are. You're doing good work in the world. You inspire me, actually. Keep going. Keep inspiring and keep loving. Many blessings to you and to everyone. Take care.
0: Thanks again, Julian, for this incredible interview. Now, I encourage you to share this video and all the information in it, and you can do that by clicking the Facebook and the Twitter share buttons above. And if you haven't done so already, make sure you put the email in the box above there. I would love to send you my Manifesting with the Master's video e-course. It includes masters like Bob Proctor, John Assaraf, and Joe Vitali. It's actually valued at $87, but I'd love to send it to you for free. So make sure you put your email in the box above there to get that. So until next time, remember to live large. Choose courageously and love without limits. We'll see you soon.